You're listening to Driving Law, a podcast by Kyla Lee about all things related to the rules of the road. Welcome to another episode of Driving Law. Today, coming to you from Seashell, British Columbia, where Paul, my sometimes co-host, and I are here for court. We're almost live because it's Friday morning, and yeah. we uh, had we no time to, had no time to pre-record, and we both happen to have to be here today. And um, we are now stood down in court. And yeah. it's, uh, it's what, all working out. 10 o'clock and we're stood down till noon. So we <laughs> so get to record you, the podcast. Yep. <laughs> we have a podcast to record. So this works for us. Um, I was worried. I was worried we wouldn't have one. It would be the first week in like, I don't know, but 70 it, weeks. Yeah. You've never missed a week. Never missed well, we wouldn't have there missed was, it. It would have just been late, but I wanted to, I mean, this is still going to be a little bit late. There was one week that I missed where you did the podcast for me because that was when my grandpa passed away. That was a good podcast. That was a good podcast. I was sad to have missed it. I, um, I have um, listened to a couple of the podcasts lately, just going back to see topics that we covered, and I, I found it actually kind of interesting. I was surprised. Yeah. Well, I pick good topics. You do. And you've got a good voice for podcasting. Somebody said that to me the other day. Huh. Were you there? No. Oh, yeah. I said something to somebody one day about having a podcast and they're like, oh, yeah, you've got the perfect voice for a podcast. I'm going to be on somebody else's podcast in the next couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that. Good for you. I'll tell you about it when I'm when yeah. it's coming up. Okay. Um, so we have lots to talk about today. I guess the first thing that we talk about is sort of the thing that has been dominating the news headlines for the last 48 hours in the lower mainland. 48. It was all week. Nationally. It was all week. Turned into a national news story, which was this ridiculous case of a uh, woman in her 70s who was issued a distracted driving ticket for having her phone charging in the cup holder. 74-year-old woman driving along. 71. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Lovely lady with a perfect driving record, never yeah. in trouble before. 50 plus Vancouver years. Vancouver police pull her over. 50 plus years of good driving. Like phone as long safely. as you've been alive. Yeah. Phone is, phone is safely um, stored in her uh, cup holder just to charge her on it. Yeah. It's not going to go not, flying anywhere. not touching it or using it or anything like that. It's there in case of an emergency. If something goes wrong, if there's a drunk driver, she has to phone 911. Yep. She could have done it. Could have done it, but instead, the 911 got her. Yeah. Anyway, it was horrible. I mean, that's like, uh, the thing that boggled my mind about it most is, you know, I get that the police have this different interpretation of the cell phone law. And the reason we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast, which was the fact that there was a recent decision from the traffic court level that distinguished Partridge that said, well, you know, Partridge and Jehaney didn't consider this one case that says that uh, having it loose in the vehicle is the offense. So therefore that's the law that I choose to follow. Even though like you can't just say that's the law I choose to follow and pick the one case that is completely out of step with the weight of the authority. 
where one BC Supreme Court judge follows another BC Supreme Court judge, thereby endorsing the decision, and where in Partridge the Crown conceded the appeal on the very point, thereby stating to the court the Attorney General's interpretation of the law? Just leave it to police to ignore that? Cash Heed phoned me when he saw this on the news. Um, and he was the Solicitor General at the time when they were crafting the legislation for the electronic device. And he phoned me and said, well, that's not, that's, that's not what we fucking wanted. That's not, yeah. <laughs> this is completely inappropriate. This is not the intention of that legislation. Well, exactly. I mean, the whole point of the distracted driving provisions is to cut down on deaths and injuries from distracted driving, which, of course, you know from the statistics you uncovered, is not actually that significant when the police say distracted driving, they mean more than just cell phones. I guess my problem with it and the, my continued problem with it is that um, I see lots of people using their cell phones as they're drifting along and driving. And the first week of school, dropping off my children again, you know, I start looking at the cars around me and I can see in every one of them, especially when I drive the old Chevy because I'm sitting a little bit higher. Um, all of these people picking up their phones and looking at their phones and not paying attention to the road. Oh, but yeah. The, you know, the, you the can giving... find the people who are breaking the law, obviously breaking the law, flagrantly violating the law really easily. Well, yeah, but then I went looking for them the other day because I thought, you know what, I'm just going to start, after the story hit the news, I'm going to take a close look and I'm going to start paying attention. And then I didn't see anybody for several days. So, you know, I, that first week of school, I saw people like holding the piece of pizza, holding their phone like a piece of pizza. Uh, we call, it, call the, it a pancake. We call it a pancake, but the police call it a no, pizza, really which makes pizza. much more sense. Yeah. Can we get pizza? Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, we might have to order in something. Um, but uh, in any event, yeah. So this was a huge news story because the son uh, of the uh, nice woman who was ticketed uh, posted it on Twitter, and then Kyla got linked in on the Twitter post. And he then, asked my opinion of it, yeah, which was, this is straight up fucked. I mean, yeah. I couldn't say that on the news, but that's my opinion. Yeah. It was fucked. So, and then uh, you ended up giving, like, many, many interviews. Yeah, my parents were with me um, on Wednesday, and uh, I guess they came Tuesday evening, they came over to Vancouver, and I did two interviews while they were there. And then the next day I did like five. And they're like, wow, is this like normal? I'm like, no. no <laughs> is this not. a record? That was, also no. That was, well, because it matters to people. <laughs> it does. And it, it matters because it's something that anybody could find themselves in that situation. You have people who are trying to comply with the law, who are are not posing any risk, who are behaving in a way that we all do, including myself. I put my phone in my cup holder and leave it there charging. And I know the law, and I know that that's not illegal. So I feel confident that I can do that. I don't like the idea that some police officer is going to come and give me a ticket. Well, they won't now. No. Because the news stories triggered a lot of upset people who realized that this is not the way it should go. And then there was, uh, what happened the the, so the staff sergeant in charge of the traffic section of Vancouver police contacted my client and, uh, but I guess the, the part we're missing in the story is I also agreed to take on the case pro bono because I don't like people so getting silly. railroaded. Yeah. Um, 
and it was so stupid. <laughs> well, and, and it's also one that we wanted to run if there was going to be a trial. Yeah, there's going to be an issue. If the that. police are going to say, let's follow this non-binding traffic court decision, I want to be in there and I want to make sure that doesn't happen. So to fix it, Kyla agreed to do it pro bono and got involved and um, dealt with the um, client and her son mm-hmm. and went on Linda Steele's show. And um, after that, the VPD were... Um, Humiliated. Humiliated. <laughs> Embarrassed by it. Yeah. Uh, and I kept predicting as this thing was playing out through the week, I kept saying, you know, if it's a young officer who gave it to him, which I sort of suspected it, when gave it to her, I sort of suspected it was. Then, I know who it was. No, I don't know who I it was. I will not say publicly uh, ever. Then uh, then uh, chances are they will be calling that officer and saying, I think you better cancel this ticket. And if it was an older officer, I think it would probably, they know that it's disputed and then just, deal with it on the date of the trial date with Kyla but yeah but what I found out from Twitter after the everything transpired and after that ticket was cancelled and then there was all the news stories about the ticket being cancelled yeah. there were a bunch of people tweeting hey I was in the same place on the same day and I got a ticket in the same circumstances and then I started getting tagged in tweets because those people were also contacted and had their tickets cancelled so a bunch of people had their tickets canceled. Yes. Good for you. I guess it, it what happened was the staff sergeant found out the officer issued this ticket, asked him if there were any others, and... Oh, I didn't... I missed this part said, of the story. Yeah, you must have missed the tweet. Um, and then said, okay, uh, all of the tickets that you issued on that day at that location for cup holders, where you didn't see anybody using the phone and you had nothing beyond seeing a, a phone with a black screen and a cup holder plugged in or not, canceled. Cancel them all. Oh, good. Yeah, so justice prevails. It was a great day uh, to hear that. It really, like, it made my day on Wednesday. I was very happy. Good. Well, you had a good week. Yeah, I had a great week. That's, so uh, that was just one thing this week. That was we, like the highlight of my week. That was the highlight of your week? Yeah. What about last night? No, no, no. Doing good. So Doing last night, Kyla uh, won another award. That's no. three award, award, an award a month. This was a. Um, this is an unsustainable trend. Yeah, women. Just so you know, Women of Inspiration Award 2019. There was a, a number of women were. Um, there were a were, lot of women. Quite a few won women awards, yes. won awards, and this was at a um, a award ceremony in Gala Ball in uh, Calgary at the Westin Hotel, and it was last night. And uh, Kyla ended up with a really nice. Uh, piece of uh, trophy that's got her name on it and uh, she gave a quick speech and you know what was better than the inspirational woman yes you are no um you know what was better than the trophy what was chad yeah talking to chad is is our podcast listener and friend and he he's an article student yeah in calgary Calgary. but he's also a former rcmp officer yeah so i invited him because he was going to be there and you know it was an opportunity to see my friend and he like honored me with a Métis sash and an eagle feather, which I just, I'm not going to get over for a long time. And each time you mention it, it looks like you're about to start crying. I do not publicly cry, my friend. Yeah. (laughs) I will do it later when no one can see me. Great to meet him. Uh, Yeah, you've never met him. I'd never met him and you told me how wonderful he was and we were, you know, I've been tweeting with him for over a year or so. I don't know, a long time. Um, anyway, really nice, interesting guy, and he's going to be a great lawyer. Yep. Yeah. If only he would move to Vancouver and come work for us. Yep. That's a plug. Uh, 
chat. <laughs> Come work for us. Um, His family's in Alberta. He's I know he's got, he's got kids. He's got a there. kid. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that was nice. And, and my family came and Tim Foster and Caitlin Perrin, Caitlin's been on the podcast before, uh, also came. It was nice to see them. It was very nice to see them. If you get an impaired driving charge in Calgary, don't call me. I'll go there, but I'll charge you a lot because I don't want to. You should call road lawyers and hire either Tim or Caitlin. Both wonderful lawyers. Yeah. Um, so that was an exciting, uh, exciting evening. Yes. And uh, then a very early morning flight back very to uh, the lower mainland and then a float plane flight to uh, Seashelt where we sit here in the Barrister's Lounge. But while we were waiting for our float plane flight, I had the opportunity to read the decision in today's Supreme Court of Canada judgment in the Fleming and Ontario case. And you started to tell me about it and I was just so focused on making sure everything was set to get on the float plane that I didn't right. hear a word you said. So please go ahead. So this case on its face does not sound like driving law at all. What happens is Mr. Fleming is wearing a Canadian flag, walking by where some Six Nations people in Ontario are protesting. There've been a bunch of, you know, violent, uproarious incidents at these protests recently. The police are there. They have an operational plan because they don't want anything to get out of hand. And, um, they see Mr. Fleming in his Canadian flag getup, thinking, oh God, he's here to start trouble. But he hasn't done anything. There's nothing illegal about wearing a Canadian flag and walking down a street, a public road. Um, and as he's uh, walking down the street, there's a police blockade. He walks around the police blockade and onto some land that is the center of this dispute. And there's some noise that comes from the crowd. And so the police arrest Mr. Fleming. So he hasn't trespassed? He hasn't, he hasn't trespassed. Done. No, it was still public land, but it was a, a, <clears throat> a piece of land that was the subject of a dispute. So he was, but was he one of the protesters and just... No. Worked? I mean, he may have been going there to protest for like people who are anti-Indigenous or something, but he hadn't done anything. He hadn't made any gestures, said any words, shouted anything, carried any signs. All he was doing was wearing a Canadian flag, which you're allowed to so do. So why was he arrested? He was arrested I mean, we do have a charter of rights in this country. Yeah. We do. We do have a charter of rights. But according to the police, your charter of rights doesn't supersede the common law power to arrest somebody um, if they're concerned that there may be a breach of the peace. And so they say that they, and this was their position all the way through, even at the Supreme Court of Canada, that they arrested Mr. Fleming, not under any statutory power, because he hadn't committed any offense, but under the common law power to prevent a, a breach of peace and to carry out their duties. An um, arrest, though? Uh, yeah, not like, like a momentary detention to no. talk to him about what's going on? They and to say, like, him? could you turn around? No, 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 they arrested him. And he resisted the arrest rightfully so, um, because he was unlawfully arrested. I don't encourage people to resist arrest. No, but he was right Allow in resisting the arrest. Allow yourself to be arrested arrest. in Canada and deal with it later. He was, yes, he was not wrong to resist. I know, I'm just, that's not um, my view. You shouldn't resist, but, you know, if, if you do and your arrest is unlawful, you haven't done anything wrong. And his arrest was unlawful. And the police... Detained him, took him back to the police station. He was held there for a long time, charged with obstruction on the basis of the resisting the arrest. The Crown stayed the charge, naturally. Um, and he brought an action against the government 
on the basis of the police abuse of their authority. Sued the, was this Sued. RCMP or was this OPP or? Must have been OPP because it was a lawsuit against Ontario. Mm. Um, so yeah, he sued Ontario. Although no, you would sue Ontario for the actions of the RCMP too. I have no idea. But yes. if it was in Ontario, it was probably OPP. It doesn't matter. It was Whatever. a police force and this just, was their their justification. Just the, <laughs> so they I, I said, would expect this they more said, likely out of But their explanation makes no sense. They said <coughs> that they arrested him on the basis of the fact that they wanted to prevent a breach of peace because the other people that were there were going to get all out of hand. So if they arrested him, then they would remove the cause of the problem for the other people. So they had a reason to believe that somebody else was going to commit a breach of the peace. And so they arrested Mr. Fleming. Interesting. Now, hmm. in um, the study of, uh, of group behavior and riot control, they often have recognized that there'll be one or two key people who, uh, without them, the crowd will not um, sort of go out of control. And usually it's people who come along and sort of reestablish a different norm. Yeah. So well, I mean, got, if you look at like that book that we all had to read in high school, the one about the the Lord of the Flies, that's what it's called. Well, it's the one person who stands up at the front and says, you know, I'm mad as heck and I'm not going to take it anymore. And, mm -hmm. you know, we got to go get these guys. And yeah. And the, the sort of the values of the crowd change um, and they persuade themselves that this is the appropriate thing to do. So that maybe was what they were trying to accomplish. Can't accomplish it. Not allowed to arrest somebody in those circumstances. No. As far as I... No, you're not. Well, he won. But how is this, how does this have any effect on driving law? What? Well, the reason it has an effect on driving law, and I know you asked me that earlier and I tried to explain and then I saw you drifting off in your mind. One of the, the things that the Supreme... The me too. One of the things that the Supreme Court of Canada said in their judgment about the power to arrest and the power to use the long arm of the criminal law to affect somebody's liberty and their rights is that we don't in Canadian society, it's not part of our free and democratic society and the principles upon which Canada was founded to use criminal law to prevent offenses from occurring when there's no basis to believe that any offense will occur and no public safety concern that is forefront and center. Okay. Why is that relevant to driving law? Think about what Jody Wilson-Raybould said when she passed the Cannabis Impaired Driving Blood THC Concentration Regulations. This was when she was questioned about the fact that the THC level they set was so low that we all know that there's nobody the, Like there is literally no scientific research out there whatsoever that, that says that this THC level, the two and a half to five nanograms, poses any risk to driving. Or is even connected to impairment. Exactly. And she said, well, what we're trying to do is prevent something criminal from happening. We're trying to pre prevent a crime from occurring. So that's why we're setting it artificially low. Yeah, the way you just said that, you kind of looking at your face, it was like you were channeling Jody Wilson-Raybould. Well, it's all like stored in my woman brain. Hmm. I remember watching her explain that and thinking to myself that, that was silly. So now you're it's saying that it's not just silly. silly it's, it's not just silly. It's unconstitutional. Hmm. And so if ever, and I doubt there ever will be, but if ever there is somebody charged in that zone, 
I think that they would have a legitimate basis to argue that the search of their body for the samples, the, the urine or the blood or, or the saliva, and then the use of those samples, the seizure and prosecution on the basis of those samples, um, which we know from Sivia, the, the Goodwin case at the Supreme Court of Canada, the use of the bodily sample in a later proceeding is part of the search and seizure, seizure analysis, um, that that is actually contrary to the constitutional principles upon which this country is based and that that law is therefore constitutionally invalid, charter non-compliant. Okay, now I understand your argument. So now Do we just have to it? wait. <laughs> Do you no, buy it? No, <laughs> I mean, I, I bought it at the first level, but, you know, this was, okay. We know that not everybody is impaired at point, uh, zero 0.08. Uh, everybody's impaired at 100 milligrams and 100 milliliters, but 0 0.08, not everybody, 80 milligrams and 100 milliliters, not everybody's impaired. There's chronic drunks who are not impaired, and they, they, you know, the science will support that. But, um, you know, we accept the fact that the government is entitled to set a per se limit. Uh, but you can also say that most people are impaired at 0.08. Actually, you could, you could say the vast majority of people. It's probably right. probably and so it like makes sense to have a 0.08. Or not. So it makes sense to have a 0.08 limit for alcohol. But you can't say that anybody is impaired at two to five nanograms because there's no scientific equivalent between impairment and blood THC concentration. Okay, I'm with you. And the, the same could go for the other drug concentration regulations, like the any detectable level of cocaine. Right? I mean, you have cocaine in your urine. That doesn't mean you have cocaine in your system. That any detectable level of cocaine is not going to That's going to be a problem. It's not yeah. going to survive. So, I, I mean, I, I think the Supreme Court of Canada has sort of given us um, a crack through which we can barge. Which they didn't anticipate, I'm sure, when they wrote this of decision. Of course not. <laughs> They're not sitting there thinking, gosh, what's Kyla Lee thinking she's going to use this for? I mean, it would be nice if they did, but I don't think I'm on their radar at all. Well, they probably all watch your YouTube video series, <laughs> cases that should have gone to the Supreme Court of Canada, but didn't on Monday, on Mondays. Every Monday on YouTube and uh, Instagram, yes. Um, okay, so that's, that's that. That is the Supreme Court of Canada decision today. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We first need someone charged, and alas... Nobody is charged. And um, that's because they, I don't they even suspect that anybody is is um, impaired at that point. And beyond that, they also are still not in really the position to A, Quantify. Sc screen for most people, B, uh, then get a sample because yeah. the DRE, they're going to pass the DRE probably. They're not in the position um, to quantify anybody's blood drug concentration <clears throat> because they're using urine. And then, yeah, you know, and ultimately just using urine, the dumping ground of the body. Ah, the urine. So there you go. Are we done? No, we have to talk about Iowa. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was an interesting thing. Yeah. So in Iowa, uh, the city council in, oh, where is it? You know, I, I know all the cities in Iowa from that song from The Music Man, Dubuque, Des Moines, Davenport, Marshalltown, Mason City, Ames. It was in Ames, Iowa. <laughs> I Good sing for you. the you ought to give Iowa a try. Um, we try and sing at least once a week, <laughs> once a month on the podcast. Um, provided you are contrary. Keep going. Yeah, okay. Um, sing less, talk more. Sing less, talk more. Thank you. Uh, so, Iowa, in Ames, Iowa, City Council 
passed a motion to put in this really lovely rainbow crosswalk. Um, they put it on a major uh, highway in the town center and they had the pride colors. It was like a four-way intersection. So they had the pride colors from the original pride flag, the modern pride flag, the inclusive pride flag, and the trans flag worn wow. at each corner. So it was like... Go the, Iowa. Yeah, I know. Like best uh, rainbow crossing of all time. And they put it in. It was lovely. And then they got a letter from the federal... Department of Transportation or Roads and Highways. I don't know what they call it in the U.S., but the feds who are in charge of the roads. And the feds said, hey, this is a federal roadway and you're required to install all road signage in accordance with federal law. And federal law states that all crosswalks must be exactly these colors, black and white. And so you are not permitted to make these crosswalks this way. That is ridiculous. It's Well, it's obviously like a federal government anti-gay agenda being pushed on this small town in Iowa. That is ridiculous. Yeah. It's stupid. It's the stupidest thing ever. And like, obviously there must have been a lot of public support for the rainbow crossing in Iowa because I don't think you get the world's most inclusive rainbow crossing without that. So what is Ames, Iowa going to do? I mean, well, I hope they're going to fight back. They, they did. I'm sure there's people who would... would yeah. There's lawyers who would take that on. Oh, they, the city council wrote a letter back to the feds and said, basically, thank you, fuck off. Good for them. <laughs> yeah. Was, we don't this think there's a problem here. Yeah. yeah. If you would like to come and sue us to try and fix this, go ahead. We are not changing it. So good on, good on Ames, Iowa. What happens when they just send some crew, some federal government crew out to... I don't think they can send a federal government crew to repaint the sidewalks because I think that work has to be done by the city okay. under the auspices of the feds. Okay, so, good. Yeah, so I think they've like successfully managed to obstruct the, uh, the evils of the federal government's anti-gay agenda in the U.S. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Um, that is absolutely stupid. And, um, you know, you've got a town in, in the heartland of the U.S. that is making a clear expression about inclusion and that, you know, we accept and love everybody. And here you've got the federal government coming, Trump's government coming along and uh, trying to st stomp out that inclusion. However, that is uh, par for the course these days in the United States, obviously, and it's a dark time. Yes. So that's where we're at. Um, you had found us our Ridiculous Driver of the Week, Paul. Yes, I did. Um, this was an interesting one, uh, and I texted it to you. I'm just going to read the headline. <laughs> Missouri man charged setting 13 wildfires on way to high school reunion. So this was a guy who was going to a high school reunion in Northern California. He was traveling from Missouri, and on his way to his 50th high school reunion, um, lights 13 wildfires, is driving along, just decides to like wildfires. Yeah, as you do. Um, and uh, years ago, <clears throat> I was talking to Gordon Campbell after the um, sort of the panic after September 11th uh, in uh, the years after that. And uh, he said that they were concerned about terrorists lighting wildfires. Um, and this is basically the same as a terrorist act. And it's, a, you know, you can do a lot of damage with your vehicle by driving. Light a fire here, light a fire there, light a fire there. I mean... I agree with you 
in all reasonable person principle, but there's a small part of me that's like, that dude's my spirit animal. Like, I'd probably want to burn shit down on my way to my high school reunion. Oh I just God. wouldn't do it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, well, this is the thing. I mean, we, you know, you've got hundreds of millions of people in the North America. There's going to be people who are off. And, um, you know, some people are socio sociopaths. Some people are psychopaths. Some people are normal people. Some people are going through all sorts of personal problems. Some people uh, are angry about the world on their way to their high school reunion, facing all of the failures that they had in their life, and they've decided yeah. to burn it Just down. Most people in those circumstances either don't go or go and get really drunk. Yeah, and hope to link up with that uh, you know person that they were that had the crush on. Cute high school cheerleader who's now a... Uh, this is a 50th high school reunion, so... She'd be an old lady. Pushing set, pushing <laughs> now an old lady. Yeah, but they might be just just as cute as ever before. Could be. Yep. Um, so there you go. That was the ridiculous driver of the week. The ridiculous driver of the week. Well, I have to apologize to everybody because this podcast is shorter than most. You are but being it's shortchanged. Filled with good this content. Week. It is filled with good content, and you'll have to forgive us. It's a jam-packed schedule this week that hasn't allowed us to record as much as we ordinarily would. But next week, we'll be back with our usual 45-minute episode. So uh, if you tune into Driving Law, find us every Friday on your favorite podcast channel and also now on Spotify. Did we ever announce that? We're on you Spotify. Did. You did. Okay. Um, and if you need to get a hold of us to talk to us about anything, including cell phone tickets uh, or burning wildfires while you're on your way to your high school reunion, don't call don't us about do, that. Don't call us, don't call us about we that. Don't, We're I, not interested. There's other lawyers who will do your arson <laughs> there are case. better lawyers for your arson case. Um, arson lawyers. Arson law. Uh, a very niche podcast. <laughs> Um, uh, you can reach With us. a lawyer who's probably also got a problem. Yeah, They've got a yeah. podcast like Arsenal. Uh, you can reach us, 604-685-8889, or find us online, VancouverCriminalLaw.com. Thanks for tuning in.